0: What do you want? I can't breathe. Please in my dick. I can't breathe shit. Uh-huh. Bro, get up and get in the car, man. I will. Get up and get in the car. I can't move. I've been wiping the whole car, ah. ah. well, Get up and get in the car. Mama. Get up and get Mama. in the car right. I can't. gave y'all opportunity to get in, bro. I told so you you can't win. My knee. You can't win, man. I'm through. I know you're a neck and you, you did listen. Uh-huh plastic for me, my stomach hurts, uh-huh. my neck hurts, uh-huh. everything hurt ahhh, uh, some water or something, please, please uh-huh. I can't breathe all uh-huh.
1: the jeez, so <laughs> that was the 40 odd second video that you know emerged and caused all of these protests Um, Well, it's not just that video, but of course it's everything else, (laughs) like, I think every single person with social media has probably seen that video now or seen something regarding the brutal white supremacist murder of George Floyd, but let's just start off as we do a timeline of events from that video and let's just discuss that for a second then. So, what we're listening to is a supposed arrest of George Floyd. George Floyd was placed under arrest after using a forged £20 note or $20 note. Of course, it's emerged since then that it wasn't even forged. It was obviously somebody who's just likely looked looked at him being a black man in the United States and looking at a $20 bill thinking, hmm... These two things can't coexist, like a black man with with genuine money. Uh, I, I mean, uh, just just that's me struggling to grasp the logic behind actually phoning the police on him in the first place. So we know for a fact that he was doing nothing illegal, and then we hear, you know, with these, we hear him struggling for breath. We hear him basically begging to breathe. The arresting police officer just doesn't even move. I mean, if anything, he just presses harder on him. We can hear a friend, you know, saying, just get up, just get in the car, because he's clearly seeing that his, his friend is distressed. And the only thing that's going to, you know, put this brutality at an end is if he's in a police car where he's in no position for somebody to kneel on his neck. But, of course, you can't get up if somebody's kneeling on your neck so yeah i'm sorry everybody that had to play that clip it's obviously disgusting to listen to but it, just so we know where we're starting off on before we go into the events when did you first see that video ryan
2: um i think it must have been that the same day it happened you know like the the day it blew up i guess and um we should also mention that we're recording this on the morning of the 30th, so just in case something something happens like tomorrow or the next day and we don't talk about it, it's because we're recording it on the 30th, so we can't see into the future.
1: Yeah, I, I wish um, I'd be a very rich man and then I'd put all my money into giving arms to <laughs> the population of capitalist nations did you expect anything like this to come from it these mass riots these mass protests around the united states or did you think it was merely just going to be another incident where you know a black man's being brutally murdered in the united states
2: so these things are kind of sporadic right like sometimes because events like this happen unfortunately all the time like if you speak to any black person they'll tell you that yeah they the police will kill unarmed black people all the time. There's It, it happens, you know, near daily, unfortunately. Um, just in the past month, you've seen multiple of them. So any one of them can spark an incident like this, but it's not determined, right? So there's been times like this before that it was Ferguson, right? So it, it's definitely possible that any singular incident like this can have the potential to um, spark an event like this. But just even going around and looking at what's online right now, um, it seems like this is not the average protest or whatever. It seems to be of a larger scale. They seem to be more serious about it. They've already tried to take control of the state house there, I believe. Um, I also saw something about people trying to storm Trump Tower and they had to bring in police specifically to protect that building. And also the White House, they had to kit the Secret Service out with riot gear. And I remember seeing a um, an interview with one of the protesters around the White House saying um, they're not going to stop until they get inside the White House. So it's definitely over, they're definitely more serious about it this time. It seems like You know, the heightened contradictions of everything that's innate within capitalism combined with the months-long now feelings that people have had just having to be stuck inside because of the virus, which, you know, they need to do, they should do, right? But that doesn't stop people, you know, feeling a certain way about it. And it just seems like you've got a giant, you know, boiling pot of all of these different factors, and um, the murder of George Floyd just seems to be the 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 match that sparked the whole thing
1: absolutely and it is actually this whole thing that we're going to go into so I'll go into the timeline now and then we'll just look at the events that actually material occurred so let's begin <laughs>
2: Not that some people are just too dumb to understand it, I mean, that's complete nonsense, right? It can be taught to anyone. Uh, it is intuitive to some degree, and it's not like an intelligence thing. And you know, we have some placards, one of them which said the pretty factual point that Zionism is racism. You know, it's not just a moral stand, it's a political stand. What you're talking about is
1: the role that Israel plays securing the interests of U.S. and British imperialism in the Middle East. And it would be talking about Iraq or Afghanistan or something today where I am. And I like understand these conflicts that have literally been going on since I was born. It's just like horrifying.
0: It's not, it's not British culture. It's just the world's culture. They love stories. They love this idea that there is this nation that looks like this. I think it's a distraction from the class struggle to be honest. So officer David
1: Chauvin killed george floyd on monday the 25th of march in minneapolis since then the nation has erupted in protest so officer derek Chauvin is the scumbag who performed this white supremacist murder thinking that obviously nothing's going to come from it because historically nothing does actually come from it besides the few exceptions which um, you've you've mentioned so on monday an unarmed black man was killed in minneapolis I hate this term, just an unarmed black man. I mean, like, just say unarmed man. It, you know, these distinctions between ethnicities and reports are, are problems within themselves, but without further ado. Uh, an unarmed black man was killed in Minneapolis when a Western officer kneeled on his neck for several minutes after being called about a suspected forgery. By Friday, the city was in flames, and President Donald Trump... I'll just call him Donald Trump, took aim at both protesters and Twitter alike, as he does denouncing the former as thugs, and the latter as rife with propaganda. But, you know, we we know Donald Trump chats a load of shit, he just, he talks nonsense all the time, there's never really any logic behind what he says, it's more, you know, just to make headlines and play on the media and, you know, just rally white supremacists behind this false idea of of a nation which he represents in the form of make america great again it's funny to see how great america looks now for that i actually think America's the greatest it's ever been when i look at these protesters and rioters and dissidents who are actually burning the place down it truly is the, as great as it's ever been but you know that wasn't because of him that was because of the comrades behind the protests. So, you know, the only person that talks as much nonsense as Donald Trump appears to be Dominic Cummings. These protests, these riots that have emerged since... The brutal lynching of George Floyd did not happen in a vacuum, it's not like a one-off. We can look at it dialectically, historically, and we can look and uncover the conditions that caused this explosion of dissent and unrest in the last couple of you know, days, months, or even the past centuries of what is chickens coming home to roost after suffering from US white supremacists' hegemony for so long. We can see the like, tensions have been on the rise for at least a few months now. Not only because we are in the midst of an international pandemic, an election year in the US, and, you know, all of this during the national lockdown. The killing of unarmed black citizens still goes on. I mean, you just look around and you just look at the state of the world right now where everybody should be working together, coming together. And we're still seeing police brutality, like, in 2020 with all this shit going on. Oh, my days. Just as a historical example of these tensions flaring, a uh, factor in that was in February, a 25-year-old Ahmoud Arbery was killed by two white men while out for a jog in Georgia. It took a video of his death, as it often does in May, for the men to be arrested. Then, in March... E. M. T. Brianna Taylor was shot at least eight times when police forced their way into an apartment to serve a warrant in a narcotics investigation. Taylor's mother has since fired an unlawful death suit, claiming that the suspect in question had already been arrested. Plus there were no drugs in the apartment.
2: Yeah, they got the wrong house there, right? So
1: it's just got the wrong house, but like even if they got the right one, would
2: it be okay for
1: them to just litter
2: the suspect with fucking bullet? No, of course not. Definitely not. But it makes it so much worse that they didn't even get the right house, right? <laughs> Plus, the, the person they were looking for has already been arrested. And also, it was executed by a no-knock raid. Which is, you know, even within the confines of, like, the the Constitution, it's ethically dubious, right? Because you're supposed to have, in the States, the whole Second Amendment thing, right? The right to bear arms and defend your home and everything. And But what a no-knock raid is, is essentially, you know, what it sounds like, no-knock, right? They just turn up to your house with a battering ram, and they smash down your house, your door, and then they just come in, right? So there have actually been cases in the States now where the police have done this, and then people who were inside armed have fired back at police and it's becoming, you know, sort of a, a a case, an issue in the courts as to whether it's, you know, murder because the police obviously are trying to charge people who fire at them with, you know, murder or... Mm. So, yeah, so it's a nightmare all over, honestly. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, all of this is... I mean, it's hand in hand with the justification of white supremacy and modern lynchings in the United States, and we talk about a warrant for a narcotics investigation, but what this is, is the state's way of criminalizing being poor. It's another way to use the so-called war on drugs to attack minorities, to attack the poor. Um, yet, so to me, racism the war on drugs, the war on poverty. These are all tied in with the same things today, and that's obviously what, thankfully, people are starting to stand up against, and not just stand up against in peaceful protests. But a, it's not a protest without fire. In in the words of Ed Mead. <laughs> it's not a protest in without something burning down and smoke. If there's no fire and smoke, you know w- what are you what are you doing out there? You may as well just be singing singing songs um, singing kumbaya peacefully but constantly attack It's class
2: war yeah i mean this is why i don't think peaceful protests work honestly because they can just be ignored right like insofar as the people in power can just ignore your protest you're not a threat they don't care about you right so if you're just gonna peacefully hold a sign and stand on the side of the road the, the people in power don't have to do anything about you you're not a threat they can just ignore you and um they don't have to actually do anything about you right That's
1: correct and that's often what happens but also what what can happen is the opposite so it can be largely ignored but on the other side it can just have people actually talk a lot about them and you know make fun of the peaceful protesters like For example, you see these Black Lives Matter protests you know, in the past, and then you just see them, the media, the news, just basically taking the piss out of them, Uh, just having people retweet them, talking shit about the protesters. So, I mean, you're out there doing the right thing, doing it peacefully, you know, as the law requires, but you're also, all you're doing is, mm, like being a subject to discuss on social media
2: Yeah, I mean, it's also important not to let the opposition shape the narrative, right? Like, it doesn't matter whether you do peaceful or violent protests, right? You'll always get detractors. If you do peaceful protests, they'll say you shouldn't do that. And if you do violent protests, they'll say you should be peacefully protesting, right? I mean, even just with this kneeling thing, right? Like, there there are people out there now saying they were against these protests. But then when Kaepernick takes a knee, they're also against that, right? So they're against peaceful protests are against violent protests hey I wonder if there's a theme here I wonder if they're just against you saying anything against the system it definitely is that
1: yeah that's a that's a better way of saying what I said and and again the the bourgeois media plays plays a role in talking about these narratives that get co-opted yeah absolutely so I mean talking about the EMT what's that emergency medic as well mm. EMT emergency medic trainer Breonna Taylor is that what it was she was actually she actually went out there and saved lives and then she was shot at least eight times
2: yeah and they always do this thing when um, when uh, black people are killed this way they always try and like go through their past right and see if they ever have anything in that you know if they smoked a joint once when they were 15 or something they'll bring that up as if it was justified Uh, and even though that's totally messed up and they shouldn't have to do that they couldn't even do that in this case because she was she had a perfectly you know clean record and never been in trouble or anything like that not that it would make a difference not that that's the arbiter or justification for doing that not that you know if there were anything in her past it suddenly makes it okay but it just goes to show that even by their messed up standards of trawling through people's past they couldn't even do that in this case Jesus.
1: So moving on from this murder of Breonna Taylor, a month later, Monday, May 25th, a Facebook user posted the video in which George Floyd, 46, was killed by police outside Cup Foods convenience store in Minneapolis. Writing, they killed him right in front of Cup Foods over South on 38th and Chicago. No type of sympathy. This is the video that we listened to, it shows a white police officer kneeling on a black man's neck in the midst of an arrest. The man, Floyd, repeatedly tells the cops that he can't breathe. After several minutes, the man ceases to move, yet the officer still bears down on his neck. Bystanders call for the officer to let the man go. He's not even resisting arrest now, bro, one says, while another informs the officer that Floyd's nose is bleeding. And it looks like he's about to pass
2: out. Yeah, I mean he's actually in handcuffs at this point, right? Like he's actually handcuffed, so like it's not even it's not even physically possible for him to be a threat to anyone, so
1: Jesus.
2: Yeah, and also just the partner
1: who's stood next to him. He looks for he looks like an undeveloped fetus for the start, but he's definitely, you know, a coward. He can't say to his partner, he's unconscious. Get off his neck, his nose is bleeding, you daft to ask, What are you doing? Get off him, you're gonna kill him? He just sits the he just sits there like a
2: docile mutt. Yeah, but they're not gonna though, right? That's the whole thin blue line thing. It's like they're, they're they're colleagues, right? They work together, they do this together, they're on the beat together all the time. Like there's no way he's gonna step in and interrupt the other one. He's you know, he's they're, they're one in the same. They they do you know, they do the same thing.
1: Oh, see, I mean, maggots, that's what they are, they're just, just maggots. So, according to the statement from Minneapolis Police Department regarding this, officers were called to cut food to investigate reports of a forgery. Floyd, who was suspected of attempting to spend a counterfeit $20 bill, was in his car when police arrived and ordered that he exit the vehicle. According to a police spokesman, John Elder, Floyd physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect in handcuffs, and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Floyd was taken to the hospital and died of his injuries. So a police spokeswoman John Elder, she claimed that he was physically resisting officers. Yet, the officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs, and then he suddenly just appeared to be suffering medical distress. Like, obviously, something happened between that time where he wasn't suffering medical distress, and he was suffering the stress. So, yet, this thin blue line shit with this spokeswoman defending the flipping police officer who caused this murder, and... Like, you're obviously going to lose the public's trust, the little trust that they have got in you, if you're just telling, like, so blatant, like, covered-up stories, basically, just not talking about the truth. Oh, my God. These liberals make me sick.
2: Yeah, but they they don't have to either, right? Because they know that nothing's ever going to come of it. They know the police union's got their back. They know that they've they've done it multiple times before. Even this individual officer was involved in, like, Four um incidents like this prior, and they know the state of the country. They know that you know officers all over the country, this happens all the time, and they get off. nothing's ever done to them. so they, they basically have impunity, you know, they know the district attorneys, they know the prosecutors, they know the judges. So it's not really an issue for them, you know, they're essentially above the law. They just do whatever they want.
1: yeah, until until they catch <laughs> catch a bullet from these protesters. God damn! Hopefully, the events which occur are definitely piled down, shifting from them. Because I mean, who in the right mind would have thought that like a police station was gonna get burned down, really, in the United States in twenty twenty? Obviously, I I did not expect that of them. So Tuesday, May twenty sixth, the FBI and the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension began investigating the incidents, and the four officers involved were fired. So he said, this is the right call, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey said on Twitter. Being black in America should not be a death sentence, he wrote on Facebook. For five minutes we watched the, we watched a white officer press his knee into a black man's neck. Five minutes. When you hear somebody calling for help, you're supposed to help. This officer failed in the most basic human sense. What happened in Chicago on Chicago and 38th last night is awful, it was traumatic, it serves as a reminder of how far we have to go. That evening on Tuesday, May the 26th, protesters gathered in the streets of Minneapolis chanting, I can't breathe. Relatives of George Floyd, cousins and a brother, then appeared on CNN giving their thoughts and feelings on the murder, telling their painful story of not a martyr to injustice and white supremacy, but to a loved one lost.
0: Let's talk about uh, what's going on. Both the FBI, uh, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety, are investigating George's death. The four officers involved have been fired. Uh, which the mayor of Minneapolis said was the the right call. But is that enough for your family, Philanese? No, not at all. I love my brother. Everybody loves my brother. Knowing my brother is to love my brother. They could have tased him. They could have amazed him. Instead, they, would, they put their knee in his neck and just sat on him and didn't care at all. He screamed, mama, mama, I can't breathe. I can't <laughs> breathe. And they didn't care. So I don't, I don't, I just don't understand what more we got to go through in life, man. They didn't have to do that to him. He's a giant. He don't hurt anybody. He give his last to anybody. They didn't care. They treated him worse than they treat animals. And I wasn't like that. They took a life, and now they deserve life. I don't feel sorry for them. They hurt me and they hurt my family. I can't take nothing back. I can't get my brother back. They at home, they sleep. they with their wives. they got kids. If something like that happened to them, they'll be just like me. I just don't know what's going on now. So firing them is 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 a good start, but we want to see justice for our family. And um, we want to see them charged. We want to have them arrested. They need to be charged with murder. Because what they did was was murder. And almost the whole world has witnessed that because somebody was gracious enough to order.
1: Wednesday, May the 27th, the Minneapolis Police Department v- revealed the names of the officers fired in the incident. The scumbags are Derek Chevrovin was of course the, the murderer. Thomas Lane might have been the one who simply sat back simply sat back and watched the murder. To thou don't know what role he had in it, and J. Alexander Kueng. Again, don't know what role he had in, in it, but probably some kind of cover-up with the thin blue line. Those are line. just all the
2: four officers that were there. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, Tao Fow is the one that you called the fetus or whatever. That's that guy who was stood next to him. <laughs> yeah, he is
1: undeveloped. Isn't he? I mean, I hate the look on his face. I'd love to slap him. Me, So, you know, the, the New York Times come out with that. Mayor Frey called for prosecutors to file federal charges against the men at a press conference. He said, I want to see a charge take place. He said, I want to see justice for George Floyd. But what is justice for George Floyd? In a bourgeois dictatorship where the law and justice are two separate things where historically the law punishes various classes and ethnicities for crimes differently, how can justice be achieved? We heard earlier talking about the lifelong brother blood blood of George Floyd, who said that George Floyd's life should cost a life. Is this the death owed to the family that he was taken from? Or is The evil that attacked humanity, taking one of our own, a fellow human being, simply too precious and too invaluable to a capitalist society that adds monetary value to both freedom and life itself. How can you measure what is just? How can you measure right or wrong? How can you measure the value of life itself? You know in any quantitative manner in order to value life's weight its worth on the scales of justice it can't be done all i know for for sure is that our fury is as natural as gravity and we will bring down to earth anything that tries to defy us in a long enough timeline
2: yeah i mean the things to note is that people still labor under this illusion that like the law is a function of justice and The true kernel here to remember is that law is not a function of justice. Law is a function of power, right? Like, law operates for whoever is in power. And it doesn't really matter because we have a dictatorship by class, right? It's a bourgeois dictatorship. So the law operates as a function of the bourgeois, right? There's no doubt about this. So it doesn't really matter which party you get in power. It operates for the bourgeois as a class. And because there is, of course, Two bourgeois classes, uh, two bourgeois parties. It doesn't really matter which of them's in power. So when you have law that's a function of power, not justice, justice can't be obtained under a system that places um, you know private property above the the value of human lives. And that's why, for some reason, well, not for some reason. We all know why. Um, when you go on Twitter and everything, and you read the outrage from liberals, right? You um, you see them not outraged at the the death of this gentleman but you do see them outraged at you know the the destruction of private property right
1: yeah definitely uh, yeah just again everybody needs to take away from that that the law and justice are two separate things and you know how <laughs> how the law or justice will work for one member of class society even different race or even uh, like gender it, it's all relative There's there's no there's no way to measure what's just for everybody in, in a world that's so divided
2: I mean in a, in a class society you, you there isn't justice you, you there, there is no such thing as justice right even if you take this incident, like, what do you think justice looks like? like? If he's fired, is that justice? No, he'll just get hired by another precinct somewhere. All right, so, okay, let's say he's brought up on murder charges, right? All of them are arrested, brought up on murder charges, and let's say by some miracle they all make it to prison. Is that justice? Mm, not really, because in however many time, two, three, five years, they'll be out again hired by another precinct, they'll be doing the same thing, and they've not changed anything systemically. All you've dealt with are the individuals, right? But the police force that they came from still operates the same way. All other police forces in the country still operate the same way. Policing at large still operates the same way, right? So no matter what you think justice looks like in this situation, unless you can actually somehow change the entire structural, systemic nature of policing as a whole... Um, there isn't justice and you're not going to be able to do that within a class society
1: yeah so I mean that's our thoughts as I said from a look of humanity where humanity one of humanity and somebody who could have helped shape the world to be a better place for all is lost but how do you as a member of his family find justice that justice that that peace that they require for their loved one lost is different to ours as humanity so it's there's no possible way the state as you've said can do anything to bring justice there is no justice here
2: right the whole purpose of the state right as we know the the state is the instrument of class warfare and there's no way that the state is going to do anything about the class system. It won't abolish the class system, and it, won't, it certainly won't reform in any meaningful way the structures of power that evolve around policing. So there really won't be any, any, any major systemic change.
1: Good. So let's have a look at historically how, how they've dealt with so-called justice. On Thursday, May the 28th, prosecutors continued to investigate whether or not to charge Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed Floyd. So this was four days later that they'd still not decided whether to even charge him. NBC reported that Chauvin had been the subject of several police conduct reports, at least 12 since he started in 2001. Still, according to the Minneapolis Communities Against Police Brutality Database, which have been cited in various reports on Chauvin's record, he has only received a few verbal reprimands. Most of the complaints in the database are listed as closed. So that's exactly what you've just said there, that he's just going to get a a slap on the wrist, he's just going to get hired somewhere else, because he has historically, at least 12 times, he's been a subject of police conduct reports so i mean that just reinforces what you're saying what what i'm saying what other people are saying you know this is class war and he's part of the oppressors he attacks our class he is an arm of the state an arm of the bourgeoisie that's why we say police are pigs that's why we say police are class traitors because that's the the role they serve in society
2: Yeah, this is just standard operating procedure for them, right? Like, whenever there's an incident like this, they'll, like, put him on paid administrative leave for a couple weeks or whatever. You know, there'll be an internal investigation that always comes up and finds, oh, look, he did nothing wrong, what do you know? And uh, that's, you know, the engine keeps rolling, I guess. Yeah, the wheels keep turning, and they just continue doing what they're doing.
1: That's it, the machine will... I mean, everybody who's not a revolutionary is definitely a cog in that machine. Even if you are a fucking revolutionary, you've got to be a cog in that machine. Otherwise, you're going to starve to death. For sure. Okay, so it was four days later. he'd not been arrested. He's not being charged. This is why the protests blew up everywhere because people are like, are you fucking kidding me? How has nothing happened to him? All that happened to him was he got like, what about fucking 15 ranks of of police officers in riot gear surrounding his house to make sure that he was safe that's all he got was police protection for for at least four days where these riots and these protests you know grew
2: yeah they protect their own right like you shouldn't really expect them to do anything else i mean i'm at this point i'm i'm convinced that the only reason they arrested him was just to sort of placate the masses, right? Just so they could go on the news and say, well, what do you want we arrested yeah. him? Like, we, we did what you wanted, like, just everyone go home now, right? It's just an attempt to quell the flames.
1: So, yet these things are always placate to placate the people. They thought that he could just arrest them. And then these, these riots and protests just die down. No, and I'm glad that they haven't. Yep. So as we've mentioned, you know, Chauvin only received a few verbal reprimands. Most of the complaints in the database are listed as closed. And it's this lack of action from authorities that have accelerated the protest near the Minneapolis Police Department's third precinct. I've looked at a map of the protest and absolutely everywhere. Like, the I mean, like there's so many, there must have been at least 30, 40 different specs on this map of Minneapolis where protests are occurring. It's really mind blowing the scale of these, and of course, that's just in Minneapolis. But again, just these lack of action from authorities have accelerated the protests near the actual police department's third precinct. Now, I know for the fact that the protesters involved, they actually set out with that distinct goal in mind to set fire to the police precinct station. That was from somebody on the ground, and that's what they achieved. (laughs) They actually managed... There's videos on Twitter where you can actually just see protesters literally giving chase to the police officers who were inside the precinct, the police officers of, of... for the first time, the liars, I bet you, are having to run away, and um, you know protesters are throwing shit at them, and then, obviously, they go inside the, the precincts, and then they, they burn that bitch down. I mean, that's just a proper revolutionary moment for me, and um, that just inspires inspires me, it should inspire the protesters out there, it should inspire all politarians everywhere. If they lived in Minneapolis, they'd have been still telling these people, oh, revolution is not going to happen, we're not going to see nothing like that, all these police stations get burnt. Because like, I remember when it happened in Haiti a couple of months back, and I was like, look at this shit. I was like, the people can push back the state, you know. And then they're be like, oh, it's never going to happen here, it's never going to happen in America it has the visual proof there and every single defeatist yeah who hasn't got the bottle to stand up for themselves and the people and is saying that you can't take back our own territory from the state just look at the historic evidence stop being egotistic and and actually scared to stand up and do the right thing in case you don't look like or in case your toxic masculinity is affected by actually having the compassion to do the right thing for you and others just actually just look at what's going on here the sacrifices and the bravery of the protesters who were burning down police stations in a nation that has militarized police forces oh my days people will you start waking up and getting uh, getting hold of yourself seriously sick of this you know, Ryan, honestly, it pisses me off.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean it's it's also just philosophically the incorrect position, right? So like anyone who understands anything about dialectics knows that change is the only constant in the universe, right? So did you really think that everything was just going to remain exactly like this forever and never change? Well that that's impossible. It's literally against the law of the universe, right? The only the the, the law being the only constant is change. I mean, all nations rise, all nations fall, right? Every empire comes to an end. There was the Ottoman Empire, it's gone now. You had the British Empire, it's gone now. You had the Roman Empire, it's gone now. So everything changes constantly. Everything is constantly in a state of flux. There is no such thing in this universe as stable, as constant, as fixed, as permanent. These things just don't exist. So when you look at, you know, even on a nation-state scale, all the... All the conditions and the materials there are constantly changing. They're constantly in flux, and um, yeah, riots are going to break out. This is going to happen. And even if you go, f- even if you think forward a hundred years, a thousand years, do you think everything is going to look exactly like it is now? No. the, the these nations are going to disappear or, and these systems are one way or another, right? You have socialism or barbarism or global warming will kick in and wipe out humans entirely, right? One of these eventualities is going to happen. We're not just going to be stuck how we are now forever. That's definitely not going to happen.
1: Yeah, nice one. Um, yeah, always love and appreciate your response and everything that you contribute to this podcast because while I'm just very emotional and just talk as, as if I'm talking to these lumpen listening to the podcast and I can blatantly see the stats on Libsyn in my city that they are and, and like we're sat here looking at Revolution essentially taking place and they've still got their head in the sand by not taking a revolutionary stance and not supporting revolutionaries. I've said that before, you may as well be part of the problem. There's no other way of saying it every single day you don't actually switch on, and, and, and I mean, I've, I've tried being nice about this yet, but, and I think I've kicked off in a previous episode as well, but I'm feeling right, it makes me sick. They know that they're oppressed, they know that they're, they're poor as shit, they know that they can't get by, I mean, every single day is a struggle to them, Biggie Smalls, every day struggle, you know what I'm saying, they know all this shit, but I mean, they, they lash out at the world, because the world is constantly attacking them, you know, it's just, like, what what has to happen for these people to actually get some fucking confidence? You know what I'm saying? That's all it comes down to. It's them acting hard, acting big, acting brave, and yet doing fuck all when there's people actually out there doing the most bravest, most most self-sacrificing things in the fucking world. You know what I'm saying? It's dumb as fuck.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Right, right. So now that I've got that out, in a moment when the Minneapolis police officers abandoned the third precinct building, rioters chased them and left them as they continued to throw out objects at the police vehicles. It's a really fun video to watch, I do recommend it. So that is obviously really amazing stuff. I interviewed somebody who was a participant around the time in Minneapolis, and it turns out that, you know, as I've said, the raids on the pig farm that they call a station was a plan and not actually spontaneous activity. There were no reports that day of apparent injuries of the protesters, which is contradictory to the protesters' overall beliefs that they were... I mean, a lot of them thought that they were going to die that day. You know, only for them to perform that activism. And then they all went home unharmed, thankfully. So that <laughs> that's just really cool that like they, they set out thinking they were going to die. Um, managed to burn down a police station and then went home safe. That must have been a good feeling. So protest also broke out in New York, Denver, Phoenix and Columbus, Ohio demonstrators also gathered in Louisville, kentucky to protest the death of brianna taylor a black woman who was shot by police while in her own home in march there's really no no end to this shit so gracious so graciously these riots protests and other activities spread to the united states I think this is the first time I've actually believed in the people of the United States to actually defend themselves against US imperialist police states authorities. I don't think that there's many boomers out there protesting. It does appear that the mostly young adults and teens who seem to be making up the bulk of the revolutionary forces which are composed of various organisations and even liberals who feel morally and and emotionally obligated to be among the masses of the people, outraged at the 50 fascist states of America.
2: Well, the older people were, of course, out protesting a couple of weeks ago about reopening the country, right? Where they could get um right in the face of the police and nothing was done about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when they were out protesting. But, of course, when uh, an innocent man's killed that, but- uh... <laughs> don't protest for that protest because so, you want to go so what are you saying that
1: um, that generation of older people are primarily protesting to go back to work and end the um, the, the quarantine Whereas the younger ones who might not have mortgages they might not be so densely part of you know the capitalist system that they're more willing to take risks
2: yeah it does seem to be that way I mean, I, I I tend not to um, talk about generational divide so much because I see it as sort of second secondary to the actual class distinction, right? I think that uh, I have way more in common with uh, a boomer proletariat than I do a millennial bourgeois, right? But there are definitely generational differences. Just if you just go by um, what people believe, just on the age ranges, you know, people over the age of fifty way more conservative. And that's not anything special about their generation, I think. It's because it the, the people who survive to that age are richer and therefore want to hold on to what they have, right? Because if you don't have anything and you live in poverty most of your life, you're way more likely to die at an earlier age. So the system, it, it the way it operates is it kills people off that might be, you know, revolutionary or even marginally left wing or have any thoughts about changing the system. And those who are left are those closest to, you know, sort of petty bourgeois or bourgeois, right? They're the people that got the money. They're the people that in America, they're the people that have the great health care system, the great health care plans. And obviously that means you live longer. And once you have money, the idea, what, what they'll tell you is that, you know, you're all about keeping that. So you, you know, vote conservative. And everything. It's nothing about their generation, especially. It's just that as a generation ages, the system kills off the 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 more revolutionary members of it. So that all you are left with are the conservative members. Yeah,
1: good, good analysis there. Um, of course, I agree. Very interesting I was actually watching the news with a friend in Denver at the time of the protests squaring off. It was like 2 in the morning over here, over here, but I don't know what time it was there. He set up uh, the phone so that I could watch the news. It was it was crazy because we'd just talk like an hour ago and I was saying, are these protests over in, in Denver? And he was like, no, 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 not yet. And then like an hour later, he said, oh man, watch this. And I was watching the protests live on the news. So the protesters were squaring off with the police, and it was really inspiring, of course, to see people out there facing off riot pigs. And the front of the line, there was actually an older gentleman who was actually in a wheelchair. This gentleman, after the crowd just kind of going backwards and forwards, this wheelchair comrade eventually broke through the police lines, and with them being unable to actually do anything. Or, you know, other than lift up his wheelchair and move him back to the lines of the people, but obviously they weren't going to do that, otherwise it would have been, like, front-page news, you know, police terrorising wheelchair gentlemen. but, you know, he broke through. <laughs> he just, like, pushed his controls forward, just broke through. You saw the police just kind of go, like like want, want to stop him but also let him go and like as they were turning around looking at him wondering what the hell to do the the people moved forward the police had to run back so he really broke the, <laughs> he really broke the police formation and the line so that the people could advance forward, it wasn't long after like maybe in the, in the next minute or two where the police jumped on the back of a van and then they bugged out so you saw the people actually when territory there you know it was just great to see the people actually went back the streets on the police and it just goes to show the power in our disabled comrades and um, which we should never actually forget For so sure. early friday morning waste of oxygen donald trump denounced protesters of course tweeting these thugs are dishonoring the memory of george floyd and i won't let that happen just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assure, assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So, I mean, you probably know about this Twitter flagged that tweet with a message reading. This tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. Because, of course, you're talking about mass slaughter. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. I
2: mean, I mean, a lot of people are like yas queening Twitter here, but don't forget that they've done literally nothing for four years, and they specifically said previously that they have like a special carve out in their terms of service for people in power, so they. They literally don't play by the same rules as us. They can, you know, they can actually threaten violence, blah blah blah. Nothing will ever happen to them. Like their tweets won't be taken down or anything. But it seems like eventually, you know, something must have happened behind the scenes for Twitter to actually finally just do the most innocuous, light, tepid slap on the wrist imaginable, which is just flag it a little bit. But of course, in the sort of Alice in Wonderland world of liberal Twitter, this is like the height of revolution and they're yasqueening and doing the whole clap thing. And, you know, you'd, you it, honestly, if you just read their Twitter feeds, you'd think that, you know, this, this was a full scale revolution instituted by, you know, Twitter and Twitter alone, honestly. Yeah.
1: So what happened between Donald Trump and Twitter? I don't think it's just behind the scenes because there was something about him.
2: Yeah. He signed an executive order, right? Um, the last I read on it, it, they didn't really know what the executive order was because they they haven't released, like, the actual wording of it yet. So it seems that, like, no one really knows what it did, but apparently it's some kind of executive order targeting Twitter and something, something, free speech or something, which doesn't really apply because Twitter's a private company, so it doesn't actually... Um, it isn't protected by freedom of speech. But if the president were to actually crack down on a private company, then that actually would be a breach of their First Amendment. But, you know, whatever. I mean, This is all nonsense anyway, and the Constitution needs to be ripped up. But the only reason I'm saying by going by the rules of the First Amendment is because that is the framework that's currently in play in the United States. Obviously, it's not the framework I want. And if I had my way, I'd rip the whole thing up and start again. But unfortunately, when you're when those are the rules of the game, you have to sort of go by the rules of the game, right? Like, I don't... I I actually... We can probably have that conversation at some point about, like, freedom of speech, but I don't believe that should be a thing. At least not... definitely not in the way, you know, it's instituted under a capitalist society. But yeah, he did. He signed an executive order, something, something, freedom of speech, and... um, Then Twitter did this, and... I think they even went one step further than this. They... I can't remember. They did one thing, which is this, and then he... I think he tweeted something else, and then they they stepped it up a a level and um, uh, flagged it some other way, which made him double mad or something. But it's it's definitely, like, it's devolving, right? Like, the, the, the train tracks that we're on are definitely not one of everything's on the up and up and better, right? I mean, anyone that has even sort of a cursory understanding of fascism knows that fascism is essentially just what capitalism is when it takes the mask off right so a capitalist state loves to operate under the sort of guise of bureaucracy and everything's good and it's just free market and blah 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 we're friendly and nice and kind for the most part don't get me wrong like minorities are brutalized and poor people are left to you know be ground to death but on the surface, there's at least a facade of quote-unquote civility. But when you get things like this happen, and the state is no longer to, no longer able to operate under even their own messed-up standards of normality, they go fully mask off, and and that's when you know, fascism fully comes out. And that's basically when the the bourgeoisie decide, okay, we need to be more hands-on in the ruling of this of this nation now. And it's when they actually take the country with an iron fist, and they actually say, okay, enough of this sort of soft control of the media and everything. We're actually going to take direct uh, uh, control of, of of the state. That's apparatus. it, because,
1: I'm, I'm, in fact, just before I respond to that endpoint, I'll respond to your first one. Oh, Twitter making a notification on the tweet saying this tweet violated Twitter rooms about glorifying violence. However, Twitter is determined that it Maybe be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. is the first time the tweeter flagged one of the president's tweets in as questionable. Uh, so the move comes after the platform added a fact check option to some of Trump's false tweets about mail-in voting, prompting them to threaten to close down Twitter. He threatened to close down Twitter because Twitter was saying your tweets are false, so we're going to add fact check options to them. And then he obviously like a babies and he signed an executive order aimed at bolstering the government's ability to regulate social media sites. So what he's saying is and then to go on to the original point which you made was free speech regarding bourgeois media is again Trump so saying he's saying everything I say is correct but I also want the ability to censor other people's opinions because it's fake news Uh, yeah he, he gets upset when somebody tries to impose um a kind of fact checking on his own you know accounts you know where he ultimately wants this kind of i'm gonna say the word that they use all the time against you know communists and that the this authoritarian control over free press it's really insane
2: yeah i mean i've long thought that actually the the term authoritarian i don't think it means anything um honestly all nation states definitionally are authoritarian right like any country with laws that is the authority right like a nation state definitionally has to be authoritarian because it issues laws and guidances on what you can and can't do there is no nation that let you do whatever without limit without restraint without some kind of authority right so even though different even different capitalist systems have different political systems you know like the United States is um unique in theirs I guess you know the you know congress judicial and executive branch uh here in the u k it's slightly different but it's essentially it doesn't really matter because it's all under bourgeois control anyway that's it um And obviously, um, freedom of speech within a bourgeois state, you know what that means, right? From the pamphlet we read about, you know, freedom of speech being the freedom of the bourgeois to propagate the airwaves with whatever ideas they wish. Um it's not about the people. It's not about the actual people having the right to say whatever they want. It's about having it's about it's about the bourgeois having um the freedom to propagate their ideas. And when they talk about f- that's what, what they mean when they talk about freedom of speech but when they talk about freedom more generally they talk about the freedom to make money right <clears throat> they talk about economic freedom it's the the, the freedom to impose their will um, upon others yep
1: absolutely people should definitely listen to that pamphlet that the episode that we've done dictate what is it proletarian dictatorship versus bourgeois democracy definitely go and listen to that to really get a more fleshed out you know insight into what we're talking about here and i don't want to stay on trump for too long i'm just going to say my finishing comments on the subject but you know because obviously i hate trump but trump himself is really terrific insight into the consciousness or the class consciousness of the bourgeoisie i mean what he's thinking is pretty much what most of them are thinking right but to use the word thugs for the protesters who were protesting George Floyd. Let's just look into the historical context of that. So the word thug comes from the Hindi word of thuggy, which was a group of people in North India that allegedly bothered the British. So, I mean, like, not only did the British steal the word thug from India, along with all of the riches and the gems and the labour and the lives of the Indian population, but they also stole the word thug because these so-called thugs in North India allegedly bothered the British and that's <laughs> like ha, like, what we mean by bothered the British was they probably outsmarted them, they probably inhibited their ability to colonize the population Um yeah so they were generally just bothered them and Trump's looking at these protesters now saying oh, aren't they such a bother you know what I mean like how the meaning and can, can you get to call these protesters thugs? It's really scandalous.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's also that the American population have been trained to understand what that word means, quote-unquote, right? Like, they know it's a highly racialized term. They know what to think when they hear the word thug, as opposed to, like, protesters, or, you know, it, it's, a, it's a highly racialized term, and deliberately so. Like, you have a whole a whole population of people that are trained to think about that word and attach it to people. Yeah, I mean it's people.
1: so classist because when i think of it i picture like hooded teens hanging out in like a block of flats or something you know what i'm saying uh-huh. oh, it's just just crazy crazy okay so what have we got here now but again i hope that that's an inspiration to the lumpen out there even if you are a thug don't worry about it mate you can still participate in mass protest so before we move on i'd just like to say back onto this free press if anybody doubts how the ruling class owned the free press just look at how celebrities have you mentioned can break the rules of its service with no consequence but like any one of us would have our accounts banned the second a white supremacist it, and you know if i was to say what trump said Guarantee you, my account's getting banned, but of course, Trump can say what he wants, or the celebrities can say what they want without getting banned. This is literally anybody who believes in free press or freedom of speech in the West. Bang your head against the wall, okay? Is this is is my Twitter gonna get removed because of what I've just said? Well, if it does, it's more authoritarian than China times a million right so trump again continued to spend the morning dividing he continued to spend the morning on twitter tweeting this early afternoon on a friday the national guard has arrived on the scene they are in minneapolis and fully prepared george floyd will not have died in vain respect his memory that's just again another really great insight into how deplorably stupid this dumb fuck is, because the National Guard has imposed a curfew at 8pm, but as we've seen, riot police, you know, Secret Service wearing police armour, it doesn't matter, Uh, the people have still attacked them, you you know what I'm saying, so what's the National Guard gonna do? Protesters, as we speak, are squaring up with the hypocritical National Guard, who are actually supposed to protest them, who are actually supposed to protect them with all the military gear but but you know if this if this National Guard actually attacks the people I really do believe that the the National Guard would get shot dead if they attack protesters um and you know they would definitely lose in a civil war. There's just no way, no amount of training possible for the National Guard to defeat the population of the United States in any kind of, of combat. It's just it's just not going to happen. And that's why you can see protesters now advance towards the White House with bar- barricades being put around it. And barricades that to me really empathise just how overweight and, you know, deplorable the physical ability is of the average person in the capitalist nation. You know, thanks to Sugar, Monsanto, you know food diets and desk jobs because realistically anybody remotely physically able could just hop over these barriers that that they've put around the white house in literally less than two seconds with a little pop vote so that's just a side note from me um these barricades aren't really barricades you can i mean it's easier to hop over the barricades, barricades or whatever's there than it is to hop over the fences that were previously there with spikes around it so if anybody's out there and wants to do a little pop vault and get up on um, the white house google or youtube how to do a pop vault so yeah, at the scene of the White House, the Secret Service agents thankfully suffered a head injury by a rock being thrown and bouncing off as far as you said outside the White House. Protests continue all across the United States. Um, as I say, I've interviewed somebody on the scene in Minneapolis and they've reported the tonight, this was last night, there have been an increase of at least 50 arrests, an unconfirmed headshot by a cop. Some cops have been shot at. I've he had not heard about injuries other than people needing to evacuate areas and safe houses popping up. This is a another thing that he, he mentioned that I found really interesting. Um white supremacists and white anarchists are unconnected to militias locally officially. The The white supremacists and the white anarchists seem to be behaving in similar manners. They're just, because they seem to just be targeting as much destruction as possible and they're not differentiating between targets that should be attacked and targets shouldn't be attacked.
2: No, that's all good. I just want to differentiate between those two groups. Like, I I can get to the problem with anarchists, that's fine, like, we can do that, but it we should definitely like distinguish between right supremacists and white anarchists, right? One group is literally like holding up and supporting the groups in power, and the other side are anarchists. Are you know tr- they're trying to fight against that, just in a way that I don't think is. Uh, the most effective as it can be, right? But I, I, I wouldn't equate them to, you know, literal white supremacists. The, the difference is whether they're in good faith or not, right? Like white supremacist groups are for white supremacy, and anarchist groups, you know, are trying to do good. They uh, maybe if you know, not comparable to actual white. Were
1: to have some kind of organization, things wouldn't be so
2: unorganized with the anarchists. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, So that would be my, you know, my criticism of it being a Leninist, right? So this is why Lenin actually spoke out about anarchist violence, because it's not, it's not directed, it's not grouped together, and it's not organized, right? What you have is um, violence that's conducted, and it's not about, you know, oh, they destroyed property, so it's bad. It's like, no, we don't give a shit about private property. The fact is, The point is that you want to direct that rage and that genuine revolutionary potential into something that can actually effectively institute revolution, right? But unorganized, mass-scattered protests aren't going to achieve that. Um, That will never... Form and coalesce into a true revolutionary movement that can actually take power. Um, This is why you can find Lenin writing loads against the sort of, um, you know, anarchist violence of the time. They're well meaning. They're not bad people. They don't mean to do, they're not, you know, they're not bad. It's just that you need that energy to be harnessed and, uh, Pushed through a party to actually institute real change, and that's why um, Lenin was obviously in favor of the right, vanguard party. That's
1: it really, you know. Of course, I understand the 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 history of anarchists and your analysis there, but it's, I mean, just to add some validity to what you're saying. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just re- finish off this little paragraph bit, and then I'm gonna go on to something that reinforces what you've just said. You haven't heard what's written down here, um, because you know I just got it off of you know a comrade out there, but yeah, it just reinforces what you're saying, and just goes to show that everything you've just said regarding anarchists, I believe, is right. So yeah, the white. White supremacists and white anarchists are unconnected to the militia, to the militia officially. So, who I got this information from is actually a liberal. So the way you had to come in and then separate white supremacists from white anarchists with a a kind of ML class lens or ideological lens he couldn't do that because he was a liberal so he's never really looked into these things with nuance so thanks for bringing that difference out but of course two liberals who were just on the scene and they don't know the historical significance of white supremacists versus you know those of, of anarchists it's hard to tell them apart particularly when they're behaving in similar manners Yes, so injuries have stepped up. There was an unconfirmed headshot by, you know, a a police officer, but bullets don't just fire themselves. Some pigs have been shot at themselves, which is a welcome response to all of the U.S.-manufactured ammunition historically fired at humanity. And this is where it just reinforces what you said there about the amicus out there, it does sound like and it apparently looks like white anarchists are just as much of the problem as the white supremacist groups because both of them are of course being unofficially part of mil- militias and while this is known there is some kind of organization within them and this kind of camaraderie with the unofficial mil- militias does com- cause some kind of um, unease um, you know uh, a bit of intimidation with people who are surrounding these people who obviously trained together, you know, for, you know, a breakdown of society, I'm guessing. So, you know, both the white supremacists, the white anarchists, it is reported, have participated in mindless destruction with no purpose. Apparently, this is the anarchist goals other than to destroy everything like to burn down everything, um, like some pre-pubescent Keith Ledger's Joker fanatic. A physical representation of capitalist realism, in my opinion, where even society's collapse has been rehearsed so many times in the media or film that these consumers, these liberals, play the role of fictional characters in non-fiction aka reality so (laughs) shops have like or you know unfortunately had to be sprayed with minority owned in an effort to protect them from these cringe lord we live in a society anarchists who appear to be doing nothing other than getting in the way of progressive purposeful and otherwise excellently organized and performed mass action spanning cities and the u.s with obviously organizations who are somewhat socialist communist again uh, you know I, I i'm sure as you said these anarchists are well-meaning but out outside of their brains everybody else's brain especially the liberals brains are looking at them like they just want to burn everything down and this is not good so
2: Yeah, there's just a distinction to be made because there are people out there who are going to have that critique who are who will also be liberals, right? But it's not for the same thing. There are people that are going to have that take of like they're burning things down and it's not good, and those are actually, you know, liberals who just abhor the destruction of private property, right? And that should be very different from like an actual ML take on the the stance of um, anarchy, right? Like I said, if you you should just go and read what Lenin wrote on anarchist violence, right? He was against it because it's it, it doesn't coalesce into a real party political force that can be used to implement change. What it does is it brings the violence of the state down on people. And it can, I don't want to say it can be ignored, but it can just be dealt with by the police until eventually the movement itself has to fizzle out, right? There's. You can look across history and see that there's not ever been any real change come about from those sorts of things, right? You can go back to the London riots. Did anything come of that? No. You can go back to Ferguson. Did anything real, structural come of that? No, right? Because there's no real uh, movement or organization to actually harness that energy and that um, movement and actually you know, this push is why, it towards implementing change. Like,
1: this is why comrades are always saying read Marx read Lenin obviously it's a pain in the ass having to read something to actually you know know what to do but uh, like you know (laughs) Marx and Lenin thankfully isn't common sense and you do have to learn to get an understanding of how to successfully bring about social change rather than yeah just play out your most basic desires to just want to burn everything down because you're sick of the system. You know, it's...
2: And it's also... It's also just a hard... A hard conclusion to accept because it's also the conclusion shared by, you know, like, liberals, obviously for completely different reasons, but if you just look at the conclusion of that's not the solution, you know, you seem to be standing in the way of progress, right? They'll just think that, because it's also being said by, you know, the right wing and social democrats and, you know, who are liberals, right? But that's also being said by them. So if you don't actually explain why you're saying what you're saying, you can easily be misinterpreted as having, like, a right wing take on this issue, which is like, oh yeah, obviously burning private property bad. And that's not my take at all, because I don't you know i'm not here to stand private property right i'm i'm not in favor of that generally right so it's not it's not about that it's about the lack of the anarchist anarchist movements ability to actually harness that into a movement that can be punched and punched through and actually implement systemic change
1: so just to move on to the finishing up on the news on friday you know we've had the curfew put in place for 8 p.m and uh, it's not going to halt any protest during the de- the daytime we'll we'll see if curfews get broken during the evening i mean we've gave our thoughts and opinions of what's happened so far do you have any idea where this is gonna go what are your thoughts and opinions there do you think that this is something that will die out do you think there's something? That'll pick up internationally. I've seen on Twitter already today. Um, you know, people talking about how it's not being played in the UK news for fear that it erupts over here. Um, what What are your thoughts and feelings of the future of this story? Yeah,
2: I mean it definitely. Could be right. Like situations like this are quite often contagious. It's not, not the only contagion we have to deal with right now, but situations like this are quite often um, contagious. And whether I think it will get bigger or just die out, I think the answer is both. Um, I think we said at the beginning of this that this is like unlike um, anything else that we've really seen in recent history, right? So I think it will definitely pick up from here, um, both nationally and ultimately internationally. But if there aren't genuinely, if there aren't genuine revolutionary party political movements to capture it, eventually it will uh, it will fizzle and die out, right? Just like Occupy Wall Street or any other of those uh, movements that are well-meaning and they they want the right things, they just don't have the the true party infrastructure to be able to really do anything about it. They just sit around in tents and then the police come and everyone gets moved on and then everyone goes home and you sort of think back on it and think, nothing actually happened. Like, okay, we protested, good, we sat there, okay, cool, but did anything change? Did we implement any change? And you didn't, and and that's unfortunate. Um, but if there's no sort of true revolutionary party structure um, to actually harness the energy that's being... Um, drawn up, then they will eventually die out without implementing change. And I think it's a, a real shame if that happens because moments like this are, are rare. They don't happen often at all. And there needs to be a, a, a true um, party yeah, so political structure to. It's definitely harness a possibility that and it could just sell out and die out, moment, and just sure. like
1: everything else. But really, just uh, it depends. On whether the state actually uses this as an example to say, This is what happens. You know, they, they gathered all the police officers in, in the station and then they say, This is what happens if you murder innocent people. The police station gets burnt down. Do not murder innocent people or we're going to have riots all around the nation. Or the authorities could turn around and say, Okay, so. These black people, these poor people are thugs. So just keep going out there, keep oppressing them, keep killing them. We've got your back and we're going to try and lock up and kill as many thugs as possible. I think that that's more likely than, you know, the, the previous um, scenario. But I was I was told of a few organisations out there who organised the, the burning down at the police station. I was asked to not mention them for obvious reasons and there is potential for those organizations to organize throughout the United States it just really goes it really comes down to not just their organization organization but you know international support if people out there start seeing people in the UK in France you know throughout Europe elsewhere then they're going to get support, they'll have solidarity, they're going to feel more empowered to do as they're doing and to risk their lives, their futures for a cause. Is it going to change capitalism in the United States? No, I don't think so. But does it have potential to make police officers on the ground think twice before they brutalise somebody? Yeah, Yeah, I think it's got a good chance of that. So, you know, this is what we're talking about when we say is the media going to play on this and then use it to bring in a few changes, to bring in a few public perceptions and then placate this movement or placate this movement Um, there's a chance of that <laughs>
2: I mean, it's also going to depend heavily on what the people in power actually do about it, right? Like, if if Trump really does bring in the National Guard, and then the National Guard open up, like, use live ammunition on protesters, like, that's taken this whole thing to a whole other level, right? Like, a lot of where this goes and where this ends up is actually going to depend on the the state's response to it. Like I said, if they start using live ammunition on protesters, then it's going to be open season. You know, you're going to very quickly um, get protesters w- with weapons because, of course, right, they're in America. Uh, and it will very quickly start to look like an actual civil war. I mean, once you have an armed population and uh, a militarized yes. police force and um, use of deadly force... You know, and, uh, uh, I uh, keep you, bringing up Diana because uh, <laughs> just, I'm really
1: sick of, of people attacking china for a number of reasons and i love to just compare you know the u.s consciousness regarding china and flip it back on themselves if the national guard use live violence on on the people who they're supposed to defend that's like tiana what is it called Tiananmen square or something like You know what I'm saying? They could never ever, yeah, they could never say, oh, China bad, Tiananmen Square, that didn't happen. Oh, what do you mean? I've never heard of that. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? That's worse. That's in a modern age. Uh, (laughs) So... Yeah, I
2: mean, I'm not a fan of China but I get what you're saying like yeah of course there's there's hypocrisy within the 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 American liberal class to think you know american supremacy we're the best like everything we do good everything other countries do bad right they can easily look at an incident in another country um where you know the state used violence against uh protesters and and when they do the same it's no it's it's fine because it's yeah, us it, so that's forgiven it would be so it, like, re-hem- re-hem- just, you know, the. the US authoritarian national guard to attack course. its own population
1: that, that there could be no justification for it the people can't just turn around and say oh well you should have just followed the law when you know police officers are out there murdering innocents
2: i mean it's happened before for sure like if you go through um u.s labor history you go into like the 18th century there has been times where the national guard has been called in and fired upon, like with live ammunition fired upon protesters I mean this happened in the sort of Palmer riot days with the minor strikes um, I forget what the the name of the protest was but I think it was something real um, and it was about the miners. and it was where the term redneck comes from when all the protesters would um, identify each other by wearing a red bandana around their neck and that was how they identified each other, it was a labour solidarity thing um, within unions And they, yeah, the American uh, government uh, dropped bombs on those people. So the American government has an actual history of doing this, of like using live ammunition, literally bombing uh, bombing its own population. You don't even have to go back that far, right? I think it was like 1985, the Philadelphia Move bombing, where they literally just bombed a building. This happens all the time. Um, It's definitely not unprecedented for the... That's right. the US government to use lethal force against its own population. It happens all
1: the time. coverage wasn't the same. Um, I, again, just ordinary people can report videos that, you know, wasn't possible back then. I, I'm a doubter that the US National Guard are going to attack the population. If they do, I'm going to be genuinely surprised. And I do believe that it would start a civil war.
0: Uh,
2: I'd I'd be surprised not because there isn't a president for it happening, or not because conditions are so bad that they would never fire upon protesters, because of course that would happen. I'd be surprised simply that they were were willing to go that mask off about it, right? Because you have to know that if you do that, that's not de-escalation, right? You have to know that if you do that, there will be an equal and opposite reaction. You are only antagonizing people by doing that. You have to know that there's no way you can turn up with a national guard, uh, use live ammunition on a on a crowd, and then think that that will end things, All right? So I would only be surprised in that them doing that if they thought that it was going to actually bring there's things no to way. a close, because there's yeah. no way.
1: Uh, are you talking? Because you just kind of cut off. I didn't know if you were halfway in a word and it stopped. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, no, uh, that was me. I, I mean, was just yeah, yeah, that was the end of you this. Know some, of said, of this no way, you know what I'm saying? All of this of
1: The unlawful yeah. murder of George Floyd. So how like if they were to murder other people on top of that, you, it's just it's just gonna add more more firewood to the fire, or however the expression is. Okay, so I mean, we'll finish up now. We'll just we'll just end up again, just going back to the family, definitely, and just remind people what they're going through now. Because whilst people are adop- are adopting and supporting the brutal lynching of George Floyd in twenty twenty and. Mo- mobilising themselves and their movements around this murder it, it again is just just to go back to the actual person the actual family George Floyd's family attorney, Benjamin Crump told CNN that they're waiting for the final autopsy results on the medical examiner's office but will give him a proper funeral and also have an independent autopsy because they do not trust the city of Minneapolis. CBS reports the Floyd family has hired former NYC chief medical examiner Michael Baden to do the autopsy and that Baden will do the procedure next week. Baden formally testified at OJ Simpson's trial and performed private autopsies on Jeffrey Epstein and Michael Brown. So, I mean, George Floyd's family are gonna to have to go through the goddamn, you know, the autopsy. It's not over for them. They're still gonna to have to go over the the details to his death, as well as have it shared all every, all over everybody's social media. And everybody out there who has social media and doesn't have this popping up on their social media, like what are, what are you doing with your life? How how are you? so detached in your consumer lifestyle that you don't even get this up on your social media Um, i mean but yeah i mean the family george floyd's family doesn't trust the the city of minneapolis and can you can you trust them i mean can you can you blame them for that
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously not, right? I mean, like, why would you trust any of the officials involved in this case or any other going forward? Honestly, like, seeing what their track record is, there's no reason for you to honestly believe anything they say.
1: Okay, so that is us. Thank you. We'll follow up with events. I'm sure that this will be something that we'll talk about for, you know, at least a week into the future, so we can always look back and see how things turned out whether we were even close to predicting the future or not hope this was useful for listeners who just wanted somebody else's opinion on the situation i mean i hope the timeline was helpful but really i super rarely wanted to get this off my chest and talk about it with somebody so that that would be you ryan if anybody wants to respond to some of the thoughts or support or criticisms and points that we've made, even add further details on what was happening. Please just, you know, comment on the Twitter post, comment on the Patreon, it's lumpen underscore radio. That's the Twitter handle and patrons, patreon.com slash lumpen podcast. Okay, so with that said, if you are out there protesting in the United States, solidarity, be safe. Don't be too safe that you don't get anything done during these next few days. And the historical impact that the people out there have made, whether you're in Minneapolis or Denver, can never be forgotten. You are inspiration to the masses, inspiration to the people. Your bravery will never be forgotten. So with that said, solidarity, workers and lumping of the world, unite.
0: We are at the same crossroads again. It may be too little, too late, too late, too late. You're so envious of one another. So petty that you don't want nobody to outshine you. You, you. say... Save- I warned our people, they'll start prowling the streets when you think you are safe. Listen to what is being said. Leaders who lead for the people. I want you to hear me. Uh, Let me say something to you. If you don't Get your act together, there will be blood in the streets.